We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! What is happening and welcome to another Buzz Beat, your Charlotte Hornets podcast on the Blue Wire Network. We're back today with another episode and our focus today is going to be on some options for the Hornets with a 32nd overall pick, which projects to be a pretty good one as we have discussed uh, already to this point. So we're going to get into that um, here in just a minute. Um, it feels like we were talking about right before we j- jumped on here, Brian. It feels like we had a, a nice long summer break. So what's yeah. new in your life? What's going on? Well, uh, not all that much. Uh, there really wasn't, uh, with the restrictions on travel, not much of a, of a summer break here. Just uh, laying low, uh, enjoying bubble basketball, um, and honestly been rifling through as many you know prospect games as I can the last couple of months. And with some of the bubble games dwindling down, been giving me a little bit more time to do that, which has been good. And uh, honestly, like the weather's been insanely nice uh, in the triangle the last couple of weeks. So I've gotten outside as much as possible, taken a few hikes, and that has been um, really, really nice, actually. Yeah, the weather has been pretty amazing. Uh, I've been trying to take a walk every single day with the dog, get outside, get some air. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. And we've had some nice Carolina Panther football here to watch on Sundays, which has been a kind of a, a they're in, nice surprise. Yeah. They're interesting. Bridgewater is just good. Like, yeah, he is. He's, he's solid. Just, he's better than I, – I had, like, I thought reasonable expectations for him, but he's just better than I thought he was going to be. He's accurate and smart. And, yeah, they – they, they look pretty good against Arizona. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I thought he was going to be solid too, uh, steady. He probably, yes, has been a little bit better than I expected. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, give Marty Hurdy a, a hard time. But it looks like he really nailed this thing with, um, with with some of these offseason moves. I mean, specifically Robbie Anderson. That guy is one of the best wide receivers we've seen in Carolina in a while. So Yeah. Also, the I, I, like, I sort of have half had the – I watched the entire game on Sunday against Arizona, but it was sort of background noise for part of the day. Uh, who gets credit for – I saw at one point in the game, Arizona had the ball, I think maybe even in the red zone. They made a late substitution with the play clock, like sort of dwindling, mm-hmm. and that allowed the Panthers to make a defensive substitution after it. But it was with, you know, under you know eight seconds or whatever left on the play clock, and the Panthers could take as long as they – this one what? defensive substitution could take Force as long. Arizona to call a timeout, yeah. 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 Who – I don't know who instructed that, if it was yeah. a coach, if that was a player thing. Whoever it was, give that person uh, a bonus. That was, like, the smartest thing I saw – uh, yeah, football so far this season. Uh, I was really impressed by that. So hats off. I usually uh, like bang on this team for uh, issues with clock management, and that was a time where I was I was really impressed with them. Sort of knowing one of these little rules uh, that they can take advantage of. Yeah, I don't know that those those clock management um, torture days are over, but I, I think they've started. I, I think yeah. they've improved with Matt Rule. And by the way, Brian, I, it's cool you bring that up because he was asked about that. And I don't remember who asked the question, but I watched his presser uh, maybe on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. Um, and he referenced, he was like, look, that that's a rule. We know that's a rule. Arizona tries to make these, you know, they try to go fast. They try to go tempo. If they make mm-hmm. a substitution, defense is allowed to. And that wasn't the only time in the game. I think that Carolina actually made – Arizona call a timeout twice um, when they Zach Kerr, I think maybe is who it is kind of, you know, uh, bounced his way out there, took his sweet time <laughs> getting to the line of scrimmage. So yeah. anyways, um, Panthers look good. It's refreshing to see. Uh, let's talk some Hornets. So we're going to talk 30 second picks, some options there. First, James Brago had a pretty cool uh, quote or a telling quote, maybe depending on how you, how you listen and, uh, and think about it last week during uh, the Hornets bubble, the, the mini camp. So let's play that and then discuss it for a few seconds. Our, our culture is, is headed in the right direction. I think, you know, we're, we're in a much stronger place than we were two years ago. Uh, our locker room is healthy. Uh, there's great communication. There, there's buy-in. There's trust between the players. And, you know, back to Richie's question, I mean, it's important about who we bring in. That's why we have these conversations. Uh, does player X, Y, or Z fit our DNA and what we're trying to build? I like the quote a lot. I, I think the quote is what it is, BG. I mean, I, I think Borrego takes pride in, in the fact that the Hornets have um, kind of reshaped their locker room, as he touches on over the last few years. I, I heard some, maybe some some Dwight Howard in there, maybe, just a little bit. as the first, <laughs> first person I thought of. <laughs> yeah. um, certainly not talking about Kimba Walker. But, you know, I, I, yes, I think that – what he is saying, again, he takes pride in in how far this team has come and, and how much culture has really been established since he's been there with a young team, which is, is certainly very difficult to do. So I think what he's saying there when it pertains to the draft, an awesome question, Richie, is just, you know, yes, we want to get a guy in here who can, who can change the, the trajectory of where we're trying to go and, and, and speed this thing up. But we also can't take a guy that has, you know, quote-unquote superstar uh, potential 
that's not going to mesh with the guys that we already have in this locker room and how far we've come. You know, you, you can, you can take on a really talented player, but actually take a step back if that player is not going to buy in. And that's not, that's to me, that's not something we talk about enough, especially when it comes to the draft. So I don't know that he's pertaining to any certain player, but with the top three pick, I think it's important for a coach to come out and say that, or a GM to come out and say that, that, Hey, we know we've got a chance uh, a really good bite at the apple here, and we know we could get a franchise-altering talent, but it's not going to be a guy that doesn't fit what we want to be. And I and I appreciate JB saying that. Yeah, I mean, look, they, this is something they clearly laid the foundation for to see the start of the eighteen nineteen season. But I think once the franchise decided to move on from Kemba, um, it, it all it changed shape, and all of a sudden the franchise had a blank slate with a variety of different things in terms of starting the roster over in a way, um, obviously with some restrictions on that and allowing them to build from the ground up what they were trying to do. Now, none of that's easy. A lot of that is certainly daunting, but I think you have to give uh, the entire organization top to bottom credit. And then a lot of that certainly lands on James Rago's plates plate. The vibe seemed to be pretty good. Uh, there's a structure uh, to the way they want to play a certain uh, expectation, even if the wins and losses aren't there yet. And it extends not just in Charlotte, but it, it goes to Greensboro too. And yeah, the, now that they have three picks and, and a lot of caps, you know, three picks in the draft this year, plenty of cap space on the horizon. And one of those picks is, is, is the number three overall selection. Um, yeah, it, I don't know how much that gets baked into the cake of, of you know, who you're going to draft, but it certainly you know, has a seat at the table in the decision-making process. So, yeah, credit to everyone in the organization because I think when you move on from a star like Kemba, it's hard, and it's really easy for things to get wobbly and rudderless. And, yes, this team lost a lot of games this season. It wasn't very efficient on either end of the court, um, you know, especially offensively when Devontae would sit. But they weren't an organized mess. Uh, you know, they, they're, 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 they're due, there does seem to be some sort of foundation, and I think that's a good uh, organizational aspect heading into an important offseason uh, in, in the franchise's uh, arc here. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat. Your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, let's um let's talk some draft prospects here uh, at, at 32, some options for the Hornets. Um, we're going to go through, I, I guess, about 10 or so. I don't know the exact count, but we're going to put four minutes on the clock for each one of these prospects and, and get to them as quickly as we can, a little rapid-fire rapid uh, style here. So Xavier Tillman is our first. BG, I'm going to let you take Xavier. I, yeah. I, 
seen some of your uh, Twitter threads on him, and uh, you know him better than me, so you take this one. Yeah, I, I really uh, love Xavier Tillman as a prospect. I I sort of have him graded out as a, somewhere in the 20 to 25 range, but he's in this sort of like gold tier of prospects for that could be available at 32. Like I, I don't think they're going to be there, but there's a non-zero chance they'll be there. I, I include Desmond Bain and, and Grant Riller uh, in that trio as well. But Tillman, just a monster defender, uh, post-defense. He's exceptionally strong, a, a box-out champion, excellent position defender, great team defense, uh, You know, offers up all the rotations you want to see, a career 7.2% block rate, uh, an advanced numbers uh, darling in terms of you know box, box score numbers. Um, and, but he's a two-way player, and he offers a very real playmaking component to an offense that is looking for additional guys to create offense. What he can do in the short roll, making plays in space, advanced short roll passer, which you don't see with a lot of guys that are just three years out of high school, uh, like Xavier Tillman. Um, but a guy that can make plays in the short roll, find weak side shooters, uh, pick out cutters out of the post, little drop off passes out of the post. And I love his ability to, facilitate as a as a hub either in the high post or just like above the break in the slot uh you know you can give this guy the ball and put your guards off the basketball let those guys run floppy action let them run off pin downs flare screens and this is a guy that can put the ball on the court or also just zip uh kick out passes to the opposite wing skip passes to the opposite wing find cutters um, and he can put the ball on the court and, and drive it too. And he's an excellent finisher at the rim, even though he's not, you know, like an explosive vertical athlete. I think he finished with around 25 dunks this season. But yeah, I just love that two-way game of his. I think he's a guy that can play leverage minutes, stay on the court, and and really be a floor raiser for you on both ends. Yeah, well said. I, I like Tillman a lot. I mean, I think the passing, which you were referencing, you know, out of the high post, really anywhere on the floor is the most impressive part of his offensive arsenal. Um, that makes him a much more usable weapon when you consider mm-hmm. the fact that he's not a great athlete. You know, he's not going in there to, to take over a game in that sense. But uh, his IQ really on both ends. I mean, you talk about defense, again, not a, not a phenomenal athlete, but can switch and stay in front of a lot of different players. He's got good feet. He slides. He's always in the right position. He's a communicator, which I really like. I mean, what this guy is, honestly, he's, he's, he's just he's a winning basketball player in, in the purest sense of it. Um, so I think that he should get immediate minutes, I would think, mm-hmm. um, really regardless of what team he's drafted by. Uh, and I think you're right by saying he, he's, he's probably worthy of a first-round selection here. So like Tillman a lot, think he could offer the Hornets. I think he's a good fit in Charlotte for, for kind of I what they want to for what they want to do, how they want to run their offense. Um, don't, don't want to use, you know, positionless basketball, but you know, he's a guy who can go in there and, and hold his own at the five spot and also yeah. really juice your offense, which I, I feel like is kind of what Brago wants to do. So I think he's a good fit for the Hornets if, if he's there at 32. Yeah. Obviously you'd like to see maybe a little more stretch out of him, but I think that'll come. And even then some of the passing and playmaking he can do that he's capable of, the pick and pop into a DHO or to a fake DHO. Um, I mean, he can really facilitate out of that action. He would pair really nicely with PJ. 
I think he's got the ability to guard fours, um, but also uh, the strength and some rim protection to certainly play some center in the NBA too. All right, let's go to uh, Killian Tilly. Same position, much different kind of player here. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, I think Tilly is the most talented center uh, offensively in this draft. Um, just an absolutely devastating pick-and-pop threat, um, especially from the top of the arc. I mean, this guy made a living at Gonzaga um, in the pick-and-pop and, and made defenses pay over and over again. Really quick trigger, gets into his shot extremely quickly, uh, beautiful form. I mean, there's nothing to tear down but, mm-hmm. you know, from, from his shooting form and his mechanics there. Um, I think that Tilly also moves better. Um, you know, he slides his feet. Well, he can put the ball on the floor. Um, I, you know, I have concerns about him, you know, defensively, mostly because of his lack of physicality and his really, uh, thin frame, but I don't, I don't look at this guy and say and see a one-trick pony, which which mm-hmm. I've kind of, I've seen some of those takes about him as a player. I think he comes in the NBA, and as long as he can stay healthy, we, we he has has a laundry list of of injury uh, you know injury concerns in history at Gonzaga. As long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a rotational player in the NBA for a number of years. Um, immediately makes your offense better, and I think if he can. I'm interested to see if he could put on some weight too in muscle because I, I do think that he moves well enough. He's graceful enough as a seven footer moving around the floor where he can learn to be a better defender. Um, mm-hmm. But so if that happens, BG, I would say Tilly's got a chance to be like a top, maybe a top 20 prospect, maybe top 15 prospect in this entire draft of all those things I just mentioned kind of fall into place. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, I, I think I had Tilly somewhere around 25 when we went through the, the back end of the first round, uh, you know, a month or so ago. I, I think he's a phenomenal prospect. This guy has seriously has lottery talent. Um, and if not for the health, you know, he'd already be in an NBA front court. Um, in my opinion, I think he is maybe the ideal guy to fall to 32 for Charlotte. Uh, you know, assuming good health, I, I think he and PJ are like a, almost a perfect fit because they can both, uh, they can both play in the post facilitate and, and certainly stretch and run pick and pop. But yeah, obviously you said it, the health is a big concern. But, man, offensively, this guy can do a little bit of everything. He can shoot and score from literally every level of the court. Elite pick-and-pop shooter, elite spot-up shooter, which you just said. 64% effective shooting on pick-and-pops this season. 75% effective shooting on pick-and-pop no-dribble jumpers. Uh, Two seasons ago, 71% effective shooting on no-dribble pick-and-pop jump shots. Uh, Has a beautiful stroke, no wasted motion, good lift high release, really just a fluid, beautiful looking shot, um, big time passer, sort of similar to Tillman in that way, because those, both those, these guys can facilitate run DHO fake DHO, but terrific high, low passer, great facilitator as the trail man and Gonzaga's secondary break. And, you know, he could either grab and go and go right into those actions or trail catch Luke Hilo with Philip Petrusive or Drew Timmy. Um, and he can pass off a live dribble or just stationed out above the arc, throwing above other guys. And yeah, I think defensively, as you were saying, like he's just better than you think. I think it's easy for whatever reason, you, people can try to write him off because, because of the injuries or, or, you know, I don't know, some misconstrued notions about, uh, you know, Gonzaga players or European guys, whatever it is. But he's better than you think he is defensively. Like, he can protect, he can protect the rim a little bit. He checks all the boxes as a help defender. 
good team defender, good verticality at the rim. And, and I'm like, on top of that too, he can like late in the clock, good, good player to like switch out on the perimeter. He has more switch potential than I, even I gave him credit for like a month ago. Um, I've gone back, I've gone back and rewatched several Gonzaga games recently. And on some of these possessions, like multiple switches. Um, So not like an automatic switch guy, but certainly a guy that can give you some versatility and how you want to defend uh, ball screens. Yeah, quickly on Tilly, and I think we've said this before, but um, you mentioned, you know, lottery talent. Uh, it's really there, and I think that's justified because I think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways is going to be, uh, if he stays healthy, everything Frank Kaminsky was supposed to be. The, the um, idealized version of Frank, yeah. The, 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 right, exactly. Um, all right, Isaiah Joe, Arkansas. Um, <laughs> every time I think of this guy, I think uh, I have to remind myself, what, what was it, BG? <laughs> he took like eight and a half threes a game or yeah. something ridiculous? A bomber. And he took over two seasons at Arkansas. He attempted 548 threes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just an absolute bomber. At, at like 34%. But when you look at the volume, I, I don't <laughs> I don't care about the efficiency as much. I mean, he's. let me tell you what he's not going to do. Take eight and a half threes in the NBA <laughs> per game. So we're going to knock that volume down a little bit. And I got a feeling that he can he can become a, a more efficient shooter. I think he's got a chance to be the best shooter out of this draft class. Um, I'm not predicting that because there's a lot of good shooters in this draft class, but when you look at his form, when you look how he can shoot on the move, when you can look how deadly he is in transition, when you look at his pull-up game, he can shoot it uh, really in every facet that a wing, you know, a wing dead-eye shooter should be Mm -hmm. able to make the defense pay. He can do it in all ways. So, um, now, the rest of his game remains to be seen. I don't know how confident I am in that. Uh, like, what else is he going to give you offensively? Is he going to be able to be closeouts and keep the keep the offense moving, make a play with the ball to set up a teammate? And then defensively, I think that's the biggest question mark for Joe is what, what is he going to be there? Is he going to be a zero on that end? Is he going to be able to hold water um, on that end at all? So, I, I think he's a – I don't think he's a first-round talent to me as much as I like him as a prospect because of his ceiling. But I do think he's a guy uh, that could end up being a top 20 player in this draft because he, he has a skill that could translate almost as well as any in this draft. And he's perfectly timed as a prospect to enter the NBA with the shooting ability that that he has. I mean, there's an offense out there. There's a lot of them out there that hope they can get their hands around him, get him into their system and see if they can unlock uh, what could be the best shooter in this draft. Yeah, I think there are several teams at the back end of the first round, like the Lakers being one of them that would that would love to have this guy, uh, you know, in the in their system. Um, I I actually have a late first round grade on him, and I, in some respects, I kind of like him maybe even a little bit more than guys like Sadiq Bay and, and Aaron Neesmith. I think he's like, I think his secondary skills are maybe a little bit better than, than someone like Neesmith. But you said it, man, like just an electric movement shooter that. Uh, can get a shot off in a flash, you know, with defender, you know, pinned down in the corner. Um, He can rise up and get a shot off, has insane range shooting off the catch, shooting off the bounce. Um, 76% of his threes made over the last two seasons where he shot 38% on threes, but 76% of those were assisted, but still a quarter of those makes unassisted. And we really saw his sort of like off dribble shooting, um, uh, jump up this some this season they gave they eric musselman gave him more playmaking responsibilities but a serious pull-up shooter can get his own shot gets good separation on step back looks and yeah i think that's actually an advantage that he has that he and desmond bain have over guys like aaron neesmith 
in Sadiq Bay. I think he's a more electric shot creator. Um, but yeah, just crazy off movement shooter. And, and he can hit from basically anywhere sort of limited as a playmaker, which you got at, but like he can throw pocket passes. And I think we're seeing this in the NBA finals. Like when Duncan Robinson comes off these handoffs or pin downs and the Lakers throw two guys at him, he's pretty good at hitting this, the hitting the short roll, hitting the escape option. That's something that, that I believe, um, Isaiah Joe can do. And as as far as defense goes, like I just think his anticipation skills are pretty good. Two and a half percent steal rate for his career. He's skinny, but he's long and and he's pretty explosive. So I I think there's, yes, there are maybe some issues in terms of versatility, but I think they're like, I don't think he's going to be like a total sieve for you on the defensive end. I think there's some stuff he can do there too. All right. Um, Tyler Bay. Uh, really cool, uh, intriguing prospect, six, seven, small forward out of Colorado. Um, I, I mean, really at this point, I would say BG is a defensive specialist and, mm-hmm. and that's probably underselling it. I mean, he is an absolute spark plug on that end that could end up being the best defender in this draft. Honestly. I mean, if he gets an opportunity, he can switch pretty much one through five fairly easily. Uh, he's an, he's a phenomenal athlete. He's got great hands. He's good at the rim. I mean, he, he's a stocks guy, right? But, yeah. but he's yeah. a stocks guy that like leads to highlight, you know, sends mm-hmm. his offense into transition. He's, he's really like a highlight defender in that way. Um, you know, on the other end of the floor offensively, I, I think it just remains to be seen. I mean, the, the jump shot's broken right now. I mean, I don't think it, it has to be, it's not broken. It just, it hasn't been built yet. Um, mm-hmm. doesn't look, he doesn't look like a guy that's really been taught to shoot the ball. Uh, at a high level to me. So if he can get the game to the three-point line offensively, I mean, he's got a chance to be, you know, one of the best 3 and D wings in the NBA, I would say, Mm -hmm. just because of how high his defensive ceiling uh, or defensive floor is. Um, You know, he's a good rebounder. He's good on the offense. Actually, an exceptional rebounder. Mm -hmm. Really good uh, offensive rebounder forced on that end. You know, what – when you consider his offensive limitations, I think the thing that uh, impresses me about Bay the most is that he understands his strengths. He's so attuned to those that he's able to impact the game at an mm-hmm. extremely high level every single night. So I, I think that's a prospect where there's a very glaring limitation, but you see a guy who understands who he is as a player and, and, and uses those strengths to the best of his ability every single night, which makes him a winning player on a consistent basis. That's a guy you take in and say, okay, we're going to fix this part. And then you're going to be an absolute steal uh, yep. in a few years. So I like Bay a lot. Um, and I like him in, in the Hornets system too. I think he's uh, I think he's a perfect fit, a malleable fit into kind of what Borrego wants to do. Spark club plug guys that play really, really hard, mm-hmm. defend really hard. Um, and I think you can bring it on online offensively. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a good chance. I could see him going in like the 29 to 30 range, but there's a good chance he's available at 32, and he's someone that the Hornets should really think long and hard about because um, if the shot ever comes online, uh, you've got a really interesting two-way player. Uh, you mentioned his offensive rebounding. His radius as a rebounder is is incredible, like his catch radius. Like, it's just it's bonkers um, how many how many shots he gets to. He's so damn good at tracking the ball in the air on both ends of the court. Like really, really like special and reactive at doing that. And I think you see some of that, some of those like in space skills plus the quick twitch and the quick jump. I think you see that in a couple other aspects of his game too. But it definitely comes through uh, cleaning the glass. 
far more uh, comfortable offensively playing in the mid post has like a little face up game Um, that it's just part. It's just like, that's not going to be a part of his game in the NBA. Like he's going to have to be a spot up guy, a transition guy, a catch and go guy. Um, Just 31, three point attempts this season. He made him at a decent clip, but on that volume, that's not great. I do think there are good indicators for the shot. And I do think there were some games this season where like he would catch the ball in a spot up and just be so hesitant to get the ball in the air. And I thought he did a lot better when Colorado ran him off this little pin down on this one little baseline out of bounds play they had for him that got him into movement, not thinking so much, just, Hey, shoot the ball the way you've been, you've been taught to do it and get that, get that sucker in the air. And he made a couple of those this season. I I think that's something to remember to to sort of build upon uh, along with the, you know, just like some other decent indicators for him as a shooter defensively. He's amazing. You said he's a highlight defender and he totally is incredibly reactive um, but like has the basics down pat too is always in a stance. Like as far as like, if you're looking at front court defenders, I'm not sure there's anyone better in this class as far as just always being in a stance, being in the right position nine out of 10 times as a help defender, great hips, fluid athlete, super reactive in space, an incredible help side rim protector. Um, I mean, he and Devin Vassell, as far as like guys that could just cause havoc, um, from the weak side uh, on on their defenses this season, they're they they stand out as far as college prospects go this season. So, I really like Tyler Bay and and really think that he can have an impact defensively in the NBA. Guard a bunch of positions, be a good team defender. But yeah, just got to find what his role is going to be offensively, and that's going to start with the um, the jump shot. Interesting. Okay, BG. Before we get out of here. Um, Quickly, what's your? I mean, by the time people listen to this tomorrow morning, they'll know the result. But the Heat, uh, excuse me, not the Heat. The Lakers are going to win in five. Six. I, I picked them six before the series started, um, and it does seem like we're going to get Bam Adebayo, and and maybe Goran Dragic is going to warm up tonight. Actually, um, we'll see. You know, if he does play, how effective he is. But I'll stick with I'll stick with uh, Lakers in six. But it is interesting interesting to see if Miami. Figured, you know, because they certainly figured out some stuff going into game three that worked. And, um, you know, outside, that, and that goes beyond just Jimmy Butler having a, a kick-ass game. There was some stuff they did on both ends of the court that the Lakers are going to have to adjust to. If not, Miami can extend the series. But the Lakers, they're the better team. They have the best player, and they're healthier. So I'll, I'll go stick with the Lakers, and I've got them winning in six still. Okay. Richie Tech saying he's got uh, Lakers in five still. I, I'm right. willing to take this to six. I, I think I like this spot for Miami tonight. I think they have the Lakers on their heels. I, I totally get it with, with James. You know, the, these are always the games he bounces back in. Um, but I think they figured some stuff out defensively. They they made James pass it and trust these guys shooting out of the corner. And obviously Miami, you know, they, they really finally built that wall. I'm not sure why it wasn't built in game one and game two. It seems obvious that should have been uh, the strategy all along. And it was kind of surprising how easily the Lakers took apart that zone defense. But I think Miami, it is what it is now. They're building the wall. They're running the second every single time Anthony Davis catches the ball, regardless of yeah. where he catches it. And these other guys for the Lakers are going to have to make a play. And I do not trust that that would take place. And then look, Jimmy Butler, man. Whoa. Like if he can, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Boss. That was one of the greatest games in NBA finals history. So, yeah. I, you know, he's obviously not going to have that same game in game four, but I do think like, I just, 
Oof. I think I think he's the kind of guy with the right mentality to back that up. So I, yeah. I think the Heat are going to win tonight. I think it's going to be two two. Jimmy's having a moment right now, and, and really, Game Three was a masterpiece. The fact that he that what eighteen of their thirty four three point attempts came directly off passes from Butler. From he, he was just, yeah. He yeah. was thirteen of of sixteen shooting in the paint, and eleven of those thirteen makes were unassisted. It was a ridiculous creation game for him. And I just thought Miami's pick and roll defense, like you know, they got torched in Game One because they were switching a little too easily with Robinson and Hero on to LeBron. He obviously destroyed them. And in Game Two, Miami scored the ball really well, but the zone got torched by the Lakers. Uh, yeah. They really. You know, caved that thing in at the nail, and they went almost exclusively to man in Game Three. And I just thought Miami was so much tougher and more resilient in guarding those those pick and rolls, those guard guard ball screen actions against LeBron. Um, What Duncan Robinson would show, but Jimmy would just hang tough and stay in the picture and just say like, "We're not switching. We're just not doing it." Um, Yeah, and and when they yeah, and the few times they did get caught in it again, they just they made James give it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, he that, split. That, he split it a couple times and got yeah. downhill. But you're right. Yeah, he gave it up. And like guys like Rondo and Caruso, like they can make plays on the backside four on three. But like the possession is yeah. the possession is less efficient. For LeBron having the ball out of his hands mid to late in the shot clock. Period. Yep. You know. So. Well, it, it should be interesting. I, mm-hmm. I'm just glad we have a finals. It looked like we were going towards one of the. Yeah. Yeah. We officially have a final. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, BG. It was great to well, get back in here. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, I will, uh, you know, I don't, the listeners probably don't know. I'm expecting a child, not any day, but literally any moment. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know that I'll be on here next week or the week. We'll just, we'll play it by ear, but I will, uh, I'll talk to you boys when I talk to you. All right. Until next time, go Hornets. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.